Hi everyone. So just before we get started on today's episode, I just wanted to jump in and talk a little bit about the past few episodes and the upcoming episodes of more of the spiritual take of ADHD and the interconnection of it all. And I guess it's just my sort of personal interest and passion, but I'm finding it a lot with the way I'm working and the clients that I've got at the moment, that it really does um, all connect together. And so when I'm talking about intuition, or we're talking about the deeper inner wisdom, or getting to know ourselves better, or trust and the deep wisdom that we've got within us, and learning to live life more authentically, I want you to be able to know that it's a language that you can choose, that the language doesn't have to be my language, it can be your language, and you can pick and choose what feels right to you. And I know some people find it a bit uncomfortable when we start talking about more spiritual things and the universe and God and all these different things, but I want you to know that you're able to listen to this episode and really interpret it in the way that feels good and right and comfortable with you right now. And maybe come back and listen to the episode again in a few weeks. Let things integrate, let things settle. Because when we are delving into these conversations, especially after an ADHD diagnosis later on in life, and learning to reprogram certain beliefs and the conditionings and the stories that we've been holding on to, and the patterns of our thoughts and our behaviors, and then realizing there's maybe a different way to go about life, it can feel quite big and a bit overwhelming. So what I want to bring to you today is interesting conversations, conversations that I have um, found interesting and helpful for myself, but maybe your takeaways might be different. So please don't put any pressure on yourself to think that the language that's being used in all these conversations is something that you have to take on. I want you to be able to listen and take what feels good to you and let that integrate, let that just settle in, let that embody And I hope that over time, certain things will drop into place and you'll feel more equipped from a more sort of deeper perspective. So I really hope that you've enjoyed these recent conversations. And yeah, like I said, there there is this fantastic new program that I'm going to be starting um, at the end of January, which really taps more into changing our beliefs and our thought patterns um, and our mindset and our energy from a sort of much deeper, more cellular level. So here's the episode. I really hope you enjoy it. And like I say, just take it what feels good to you right now. Welcome to the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, and I'm a wellbeing and lifestyle coach, EFT practitioner, mum to four kids, and passionate about helping more women to understand and accept their amazing ADHD brains. After speaking to many women just like me and probably you, I know there is a need for more health and lifestyle support for women newly diagnosed with ADHD. In these conversations, you'll learn from insightful guests, hear new findings and discover powerful perspectives and lifestyle tools to enable you to live your most fulfilled, calm and purposeful life wherever you are on your ADHD journey. Here's today's episode. Welcome back to the ADHD Women's Wellbeing Podcast. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, your host, and today I've got a very, very special guest, someone who has seen me through my journey of this evolution of having no idea what is wrong with me to being here now doing this podcast. And I'll never, ever forget what my guest Caroline said to me 
right at the beginning, it's like, you're not broken and you don't need fixing. When I used to say to her, I don't know what's wrong with me. And now I kind of know what's been going on. And so I just want to um, welcome my incredible friend, my coach, my mentor, someone who I value so deeply. It's Caroline Britton. Welcome. Thank you. What an introduction. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So Caroline and I have been through a very beautiful winding road together and I'm really excited to bring her onto the podcast because I believe that because she's helped guide and support me and teach me so much, I would love her to be able to come on and maybe, you know, in 45 minutes, an hour, we can maybe help lots of you as well. So Caroline, I wanted you to explain what you do because you say it so beautifully and, um, I think people need to understand how you work so they can sort of understand the progress of this conversation. Yeah, so I would say I'm a highly intuitive coach and energetics mentor. So my job on the planet is to bring people back home to themselves, but to get them to connect into something greater, to connect into their soul and their connection to their higher self, universe, God, spirit, however you want to view it. And what I do is I hold people through huge periods of change and growth, but from an energetics point of view, that's like my bag, that's what I do. And I'm um, a gifted psychic, I'm a modern day priestess, I'm an energy worker, I'm a healer. There's lots of different labels you can give me, but that's ultimately what I'm here to do. Yeah. I mean, I've seen you in all those capacities and it is absolutely remarkable the way you work and how intuitive you are. And you just, I know that you got me from the very, very beginning and we're talking definitely five years ago. And, you know, weirdly we live near each other. We live two minutes away from each other, but you work with people from all over the world. And, you know, I never believe in coincidences. And I know that it was serendipitous that we met, we were introduced through a, a mutual friend and you just started your coaching business. You'd literally just started doing some coaching. And this person said to me, you know, I think you should speak to Caroline Britton. I think, you know, because I was going through a big process of change. You know, I just had my fourth child. I was leaving a place of work that I wasn't sure I wanted to be in anymore. I'd had time out and I knew that there was something going on with me. I would had no idea there was anything like with regards to neurodivergence at all. But you carried me through this, this growth, this change, this evolution, and you kept, like what you say, like, you helped me come back to myself. You helped me understand that there was nothing wrong with me and that I didn't need fixing and that I needed to start trusting myself and leaning into something and listening to myself. But I still, it was so hard for me. And, you know, I, I'm probably speaking for so many of the people um, right now who are listening that we are so in our heads, you know, when you've got ADHD, you know, anyone that's on the spectrum with neurodivergence, it's really hard to get out of our busy brains and go back into our bodies and feel grounded and regulate our nervous systems. Mm -hmm. And you help a lot of people do this. Yes. I think what's really interesting to me is when a client comes to me, they are presenting themselves, but they are presenting themselves from their stories, their limitations, their blocks. What my gift is is to be able to see beyond the person you tell me you are so I'm able to see beyond the limitations that you present me with I'm able to see beyond your fear your doubt and your disconnection and I think I 
identify wholeheartedly with that journey because I've been through it myself. So just after the birth of my second child, I was in a, a full-on corporate environment, a, a big global consultancy, very masculine, very much driven by data analysis, the head, what you think, intellect, in the traditional sense, intellect. And for me, I just became more and more disconnected. So I had this like preconception of myself that I was stuck. I was average. I wasn't enough. Um, I was overwhelmed and all of these things that I bought into. It was through my journey of unpeeling all those layers and getting to the truth of who I was that I set myself free. So when I see people in that position, I know it's possible for anybody to be able to set themselves free. But the first thing I want your listeners to understand is it requires the internal work. So if you want to change your external reality, we've got to do the internal work. And the first place to start is observing the way that you speak to yourself, the way that you're on almost autopilot to act in a certain way in the habits that you have and the stories you have mm -hmm. and then the second thing that comes closely after that is to start questioning it is it true what you say you are is it true the confines that you see for your reality is it true the box that you're putting yourself in in your case is it true that there's something quote wrong with me no <laughs> it's not but it's having the bravery to wobble and question the beliefs that we've built our life on and that's hard to do because it completely destabilizes us because we built our whole life and our whole being and our whole persona on a set of beliefs about who we are so it's not easy work to do but my goodness it is so rewarding when you do yeah I mean thinking about myself but also so many people when they go through this sort of the diagnosis or just the awareness of like that penny dropping of oh my god like this is what's been going on for me for so long and that very loud inner critic that voice of comparison criticism um I'm not enough that we've heard we've heard echoed from other people but mostly from ourselves when we understand that um, there's not something wrong with us, that we're not lazy, that we're not flaky, that we're not disorganized. There's actually something going on that we've been trying to override and override in the most exhausting way. When we're able to just kind of go, oh, okay, and see it for what it is, that's when we can start unraveling. And I hear this all the time that women, you know, mostly in, you know, their 30s, 40s and 50s are getting almost like a second chapter of their life, that they're able to process what they've gone through with all the different traumas, understanding who they are and standing in their power and this is this conversation that I wanted to have today is like this empowerment of what you do and how you activate people and I know that you've activated me because I read back to my journals I don't particularly love doing it when we first started working together and I literally can't even relate to that person because my energy has changed and I do feel that like I look back at that version of me and I think I would never have believed that version of me five years ago would be doing what I'm doing now but still, there's still fear. And and I remember, I always used to say to you, but what, what about this person? And I, there were so many people that I used to think about and so many worries. And you just helped me unpeel and unravel and rebuild stronger foundations, which aren't unshakable, but I have a lot more 
strength in my conviction, like the inner strength is there, which I don't think was there before. Tell me a little bit about the energy work that you do, because I think this is what might be confusing people. Like, how do we change this internal energy? Yeah. So one thing I feel strongly compelled to say before we get into the energetics piece is one of the greatest gifts that people can give themselves is the acceptance and love of self. We're all unique. We all have our own superpowers. We have things that we're good at and we're not good at. I spent so long trying to put myself in a box I thought I should, and that's always a key word, be in. And actually, there wasn't a lot of room for this intuitive, psychic, deeply empathetic um, energy worker in the environment I was in. And I thought that that meant something was wrong with me. But actually, what it was, it was an opportunity to for me to stand more fully in myself. And I want whoever's listening to take a moment just to, to feel into that question is if I accepted all of me and recognized that I've been given the perfect set of skills and uniqueness, how do I want to go out and use that in a world in a way that feels good for me? That's going to really help. So I wanted to say that. So in answer to your energetics question, so how, how do I do it? So my dad asked me this a lot. So my dad's got a PhD in chemistry, he's very practical, very scientific. And I was explaining to him how he just gets chemistry and maths. It's just easy. It's like a language he speaks. It's like somebody who is writing music just can connect to the messages, the words, the lyrics that are coming through. That's how it feels about energy to me. It's like a language I speak. And what I recognize is that Every single thing in this world is made up of energy. So whether it's the table that I'm sitting on, whether it's us in physical form, or whether it's the thoughts I have or the emotions I feel, they're made up. When they're broken down, it's made up of energy, which means that we are made up of the very same thing that the universe is made up of, that the stars are made up of, that the ocean is made up of. When you let that land, you realize that you are therefore intrinsically unbelievable, unbelievably powerful and full of such unlimited potential. What my job is, is to be able to use my body, which is a big tool for me, to be able to feel and understand the frequency that you're vibrating at. And when I do that, I have an ability to be able to feel in your body where there is blocks and whether that's the words that you're speaking, the thoughts that you're thinking, the beliefs that you're holding on to, they all have an energy and I can access that. So when we've done our work together, it's about the first thing I'll do, which you will know, Kate, whether it's whether you're working with me one-to-one or in a program, is in order to be able to activate you and almost I call it like an up level you so take you onto a higher vibration we have to let go of the heavy things so the way that looks and feels to me energetically is like you're being weighed down whether it's by like bags or rocks and those are made up of conditioning experiences you've had trauma that you've had and we hold a lot of that in our physical body So I will use anything. I'll use breath, somatic movement. I'll use Reiki. I'll use healing. I'll use energy work. But the first job I have is to to be able to get in there and shift 
what doesn't serve you. So again, because I like to make this really practical. So when people are listening, they're like, great, I can action that. What I would say to you is even getting out a pen and paper and writing down the beliefs that you have about yourself that are holding yourself back would be a really good place to start. The next thing I would really encourage people to do is try and identify where in their body those beliefs are. Is it in your throat? Is it in your back? Do your shoulders feel heavy? Is it in your hip? Is it, where is it in your body? And what's it trying to tell you? Like, how can you release it? And this is where you can use somatic movement. You can use breath. You can go for a run. You can, because the most amazing thing about energy is it can't be created or destroyed. It just changes form. So we can look at a hard rock and it can become sand. It's exactly like that with um, our energy system is we get to use that energy, whether it's like anger, sadness, and rage, and we get to change the form of it into something that serves us. Wow. Okay. Amazing. When you, we talk about our throats, because I feel this a lot, especially with clients who try and that I can feel that they're choking back tears and they have so much conditioning that they um, have had to deal with. And this realization and it's very often in midlife you know they've spent half their life pretending and masking and holding back from who they really are and then it's this like visceral need to kind of release and I don't think it's um, a coincidence that this is in women who have systematically always been sort of held back and and suppressed and so now women are sort of stepping into their power And I really believe that this is very important to talk about because not only is it neurodivergent, it's women. It's women opening up and finding a voice and finding acceptance and pushing away those kind of cultural and societal um, restrictions, the shackles that we've we've held ourselves in. But it's very scary. You know, I know you work a lot with fear and we want to do this. We want to activate our voice. We want to stand up and say what we want to do. But then the fear comes, you know, comes crashing back and holds us back. And I just wondered if you could speak to anyone who wants to do all these things, but is terrified, terrified of family members, work colleagues, relationships fizzling out. I don't know. I just know there's a lot of fear. Yeah, so I think the first thing that we have to recognize is that fear is always going to play a part in our lives. So we're not looking for the eradication of it. We're looking at the ability to be able to create distance from it. As Elizabeth Gilbert says, taking it out of the driver's seat and putting it into the passenger seat. So how do we do that? For me, one of the most powerful things I do is rather than trying to ignore the fear or suppress it, I actually call it to me. So I say, whether I sit in visualization, meditation, or I write a letter, and you hear me talk about this a lot, I will ask fear to come to me and give me everything it's got, everything it's possibly got for an argument about why I shouldn't do anything. And you'll be amazed. It will bring things from your childhood. It will bring things from a friend who had an experience where something didn't work out. It will come up with the most unbelievable things. Your job is to let it. What you will find as you do that is it starts running out of steam. Because it's like the fear of the fear which gets in the way. Actually, if you can remove that middle bit and just say, right, come to me and let it have it say it, it starts diluting its power. 
The next thing that you can do is once you have exhausted what fear wants to say, go for a little walk, come back and write from soul, truth, happiness, like imagine this gets to be good. Imagine if I'm right. So I remember doing that in the corporate world. I had a long letter about why it was a disaster zone to leave the corporate world, even down to you won't get your life insurance policy if something happens to you. I mean, the irony in that is, you know, but I'd have all of this written down. And then actually there was a letter that came through from love, soul, whatever you want to call it, which was like, there's something you're being called to and trust that. And I know you're scared, but you've got this and you're capable and I believe in you. And then what we get to do is we get to, we get to choose, we get to choose which one goes in the driver's seat. Once you've done this exercise, this is the next thing. And I think this is really important. Let's give an example. I will happily now be on video. I'll be on podcasts. I'll be over Instagram. I'll speak to thousands of people. I'll run events for six hours where it's just me on the stage. Five years ago, I wouldn't even put my picture on Instagram. I had a photo shoot and got a friend to do it for one of my products. I wouldn't promote myself. I definitely wouldn't be on video. I didn't have the confidence. I was worried about what everybody would think. I wouldn't even say, I mean, even six years ago, I wasn't fully owning my spiritual gifts. And now look at me, like there's a huge difference. Now that difference happened incrementally. This is really important. It was like bit by bit where even like the tiniest millimeter, I would move the needle of putting myself out of my comfort zone. So another very practical exercise is you could just ask yourself, your listeners can ask themselves, what is one thing I can do today that feels a bit scary, definitely feels uncomfortable, but it's moving me in the direction of where I want to go. And um, you will be amazed at how the universe rises up to meet that. It's quite incredible. And yeah. that doesn't mean that I have to go from where I am now to walking into a Ted Arena in front of 50,000 people. Could I do it? It would be uncomfortable for me and it would be a big step for me. But I certainly am way more near that level now than I was five years ago. But that's been every day, just a little bit pushing myself. Can I show up on Instagram even when I don't really want to? Can I do a podcast even though I'm nervous to talk about this in case people you know, have a reaction to spirituality or intuition. So it's just bit by bit by bit. And then lastly, because I like to do my threes, is please remember that when you speak your truth and you're true to who you are, you give people permission to do the same. So I'm just interrupting today's podcast because I want to let you know about a brand new program that I'm relaunching towards the end of January 2024. And I've got a sign up page on my website right now. I'm still planning it. I'm still working on it. But I have to say this is probably one of my most exciting programs so far. This is so intuitive and authentic to me. and Anyone that's worked with me will really see where this is going. So this is all about changing the energetics from within and changing our stories, releasing old blocks, old conditioning, and creating a new future, visualizing a new way of being, and really letting go of the things that have been holding us back. This is all about our spiritual growth, leaning into what feels right to us, and not doing all the shoulds and the needs and the comparing, 
and working on the internal dialogue and the stories and the words that we say to ourselves, changing the energetics from within so we can reflect outwards and change what our reality is. And so many of us who have had a diagnosis much later on in life can feel really stuck and feel like we're an old version of ourselves. And then the diagnosis brings revelations and new ways of wanting to be and think and live. But often we find it very difficult to get there. So in this program, it's going to be me holding you accountable, motivating you, giving you practical, but also spiritual and energetic ways of shifting the dials, changing the way we think and believe and the stories that we tell ourselves and the words that we use. And I'm really, really excited about this. I'm still conjuring up all the details, but it will be probably a 45 minute workshop every two weeks for about three or four months. So I'm going to be sort of hand-holding you, cheerleading you, motivating you, giving you new ways of doing things, helping you make decisions and choices that feel right and aligned with you. This is stepping into your most truthful, authentic version of you and changing this reality and really leaning into a different way of being now that you have more awareness. I really believe that this is something that I've been working on for for many years and I can't wait to finally share some of the tips and the ways that I have helped change how I show up in the world because it's very different to how it was five years ago. So I'm hoping that in this program, this container, I'm going to be opening it up. I'm really going to be creating a community of people who are ready to step out of a mentality that feels like the world has been doing things to them and start taking action and charge from a place that feels good to you. And this is not about doing. This is about being. This is about feeling. So if you really don't align with this sort of action and goal setting and sort of new new year resolutions, this may be a much softer approach for you and really work with our neurodivergent minds. So head to my website. You're going to see on the homepage, a sign-up page. If you just put your name and email address there, I promise you that when this is all live and I've got all the details, you guys are going to be the first people to get it. Now back to today's episode. We always talk about our nervous system and how much our nervous system can hold. And I know that for myself and so many of us, we have very sensitive nervous systems. We feel things so strongly, you know, whether that's external events, that's stuff that goes on in our heads, anything to do with our friends, our family, our loved ones. We've got heightened nervous systems that everything can feel very scary. And then compounding that, we've got this very busy chattering noise in our head that stops us from sometimes hearing what we need to hear. So it's it's learning how to trust ourselves. And so I think basically what I'm trying to say is, is like I understand that there's blocks there and it can be really hard. And I struggle with meditation. I struggle with visualization. When I close my eyes and I try and meditate, my head gets even busier than normal. So I have to find different ways, different ways to visualize, different ways to meditate. But there are ways that we can connect back in, even if it's not that traditional way of sort of sitting for 20 minutes. Absolutely. Like I've said this to you so many times, it's like, I am not prescriptive. It's not like you have to journal and sit or meditate. Are there benefits to those things? Yes, but everybody is unique. So I have clients who access unbelievable realms and information when they run or they're in the shower, or like you, you're in nature, and you're grounded. And that's one of the biggest things to me, as you know, you and I both do a lot of this, I walk, 
um, in the forest nearby me and I get a lot of information that way. What's really important is that we have to take absolute radical responsibility for our nervous system. You have got a phone, you have got access to social media, you've got access to nonstop news and information and sounds and busyness as things to do with the children, with businesses, with work. It's always going to be there. Our job is we have to take responsibility and say, what am I digesting each and every day? Whether that's social media, whether that is the food that we eat, the people we surround ourselves with, the things that we choose to believe. We have to be so on top of our energy. And what I do is I am continually asking myself, does that give me energy and expand me or take away? And I mean that in everything down to the client I work with, what I'm teaching, the way that I run my day, everything. And what I notice is it's so easy for my nervous system to be out of whack, particularly if I've got something big going on. So actually, it doesn't work for me to be scrolling on Instagram. I noticed I start feeling anxious. It's like, it doesn't work for me to be in the house and have like my kids with like three different TVs in while TVs on whilst kicking a ball, whilst also cooking dinner, whilst checking an email. That doesn't work for me. Like I have to, I have to be aware for me what does and doesn't work. Even down to it doesn't work for me to have a coffee after ten o'clock, like it, or have more than one coffee a day. It's like simple things. We're all different. We have to work out what it is that suits us and take absolute responsibility. And another thing is that this isn't a nice to have, this is an absolute prerequisite for functioning to the best of your ability. And if you want to get more clarity and you want to access more guidance, you have to find and prioritize your modality for doing that. And I know a lot of us say we don't have time, but you'd be amazed how you can find it if you prioritize. And even if that's going and lying on your bed for five minutes with your phone off, I don't mind what it is. But what you want to be saying to the universe is I'm intentional about creating space to be guided, to receive information from a balanced place. And this is a game changer. Like you want to know the secret to me creating seven figures in my business is that I, every day I will connect I will listen and I'll create some silence and then I will move from that place. Like that's a non-negotiable for me. And the first thing I do, I mean, I haven't even looked at my to-do list. I've I've meditated and I've connected in and I've journaled and I've been for a big walk. I haven't looked at my to-do list and it's what time is it now? It's half 11. So Mm -hmm. that's the thing is like we have to, I promise your listeners that there is Clarity, wisdom, love, peace, information that's trying to get through to them. But you've got to create the space and you've got to create the silence at some point in your day to be able to access it. And if you can do that and start with five minutes a day, it's a game changer. Absolutely. And it is, it's being intentional, isn't it? Because like you say, we can just be reactive all day and then another day goes. But, you know, things don't change until we make that decision. And yes, we can sort of have a victim-like mentality of this happened to me and that happened to me and this person, but essentially we, we have to make that change and we have to make a decision of when 
that ends and this new version of our life begins and what we want and we want what we want to be calling in and being open to and I say this a lot to my clients is like well what are you choosing what are you choosing like choose to prioritize your well-being you know we hear a huge amount of sort of cyclical burnout in the neurodivergent community because we have these sensitive nervous systems we're empaths we are absorbing so much from so many different people and we don't like to say no and we're people pleasers and perfectionists and of course I'm generalizing in lots of different ways but this is the themes that I'm I'm hearing and we don't think we're enough so we're and we don't feel like doing we're worthy. More. That's a big yeah. thing. I'm not worthy of prioritizing that. I'm not worthy yeah. of feeling that good. Like, and you are worthy. And if you believed you were worthy, how might you show up differently for yourself? Yeah. And so I would love to say to anyone is like, where are you prioritizing this space and this time? Because when we get that, that's when we hear the intuitive guidance and the wisdom that whatever you want to believe, whether that's just you having some space to hear your, the clarity, I think, you know, you said, or we're open to guidance because I genuinely believe that our community is very intuitive and I've run programs based on the intuition and the inner wisdom and things that we can tune into for being, as being empaths. And instead of and the negative side of being an empath where we feel drained and exhausted and burnt out and we unfortunately have you know lots of sort of chronic health conditions how can we use this intuitive way of being to help us in our careers in our families in our relationships tuning out all the noise and actually tuning back into ourselves and i know that you you work so beautifully like this i think you really really understand sort of this divergent brain how can someone if someone's listening right now and they are thinking like, I'm so at the beginning of my journey, it almost feels overwhelming. Like I haven't got five years. And I remember when first starting to work with you, I mean, I didn't know any of this was coming, but I did want a quick fix. And I did want something like click my fingers, a big change. I want to find my purpose. I was like, I'm ready. And that purpose didn't come immediately. There was lots of U-turns and bends and detours. How can you help someone find that patience when they do want some big change? One of the things I would do is I would have something that I say out loud every day, which is like, universe, please make everything conspire in my favor to make my dreams come true and bring me clarity into my reality today. So we have something like that. And I'd write it on this. I I do this. I get my clients to do it. I write it on a book, like a A4 pad I have it open on my um, drawers so I see it many many times a day and then what I do underneath it is I write 1 to 21 for 21 days and every day I say that statement maybe at least three times but I would say probably eight nine ten times a day this is the key every single day I want you to make a note of any magic or any clarity that you've got that day should take you 20 seconds so if you go in my notebook you'll see and then I do three weeks and then I start again something incredible happens where your intention goes it's like that energy grows something happens like everything is through our like the the lens of how we perceive things so if you're all of a sudden looking for clarity or looking for do it from abundance or looking for wisdom or looking for magic you'll start seeing it 
as you collate evidence, within three weeks, things will have changed. Honestly, it's quite remarkable. So if you're right at the beginning of your journey, try that. Humor me, write that statement down, read it throughout the day, and just at the end of each day, just make a note. That's one thing to do. What can you just repeat the statement just in case people just need to write that down? So my statement is um, is slightly different than the one I gave you because you wanted something around clarity. But this mm-hmm. is my statement. I say, I say, universe, everything is conspiring in my favor to make my dreams a reality. I request a clear sign in my reality today. I am open. I am ready. I am receiving. Thank you. I say that every day. I gave you a slightly different version because you wanted one around clarity. That's what I do. And every single day I make a note and it's like magic, 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 magic. You will be amazed. But we want to build that belief by collating evidence. And that's going to be a game changer. So that's where I would start. Yeah. I mean, what you said then, we need to collate evidence. That's our sort of human animalistic brain of just being like okay well I'm not going to believe it until I see it and very hard you know that's when we kind of have that difficulty because if we can't see it then it's not real and we don't think it's working so these little tiny signs of just maybe um, a lovely conversation bumping into a friend you know unexpectedly like you say hearing a song numbers um a book just kind of like presenting itself like these are the tiny little things because it is the breadcrumbs isn't it it's these little tiny shifts and that you know going back to the beginning of our conversation when we talk about energy work that is the shift in energy it's not this huge kind of like overnight oh my god massive epiphany we're in it for the long haul. I'm presuming that you know that for the rest of your life, you're going to be doing this work. And I know that if I stop doing it and have periods where I'm not cleaning up my energy and watching my beliefs and my thoughts, that's mirrored in my external reality. And often when we're feeling better and things are going great, we stop. I see this a lot with clients. You've got to find a way to make it manageable for you so that you can continue to devote yourself to it. And I'll tell you what, it is such a, uh, it, there is such a joy when you realize, oh my goodness, by doing this work, it's working. Like clients say to me, it's working. Like it's, yes, of course it is. And it starts building confidence. But what happens is we have been programmed to, first of all, like, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And I always say to my children, what do you feel? How do you feel? I want to teach them that the feeling leads and then we can use all the brilliant stuff that we have with the brain to get, but I won't say, what do you think about that? I'll say, what do you feel about that? You get a very different answer from your children. You also get, you can ask me, what do I think about a problem in my life or making a decision? I say, I think I'm stressed. I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm worried. Like what if I'm wrong? What do you feel? I feel like it's right. Mm. very different answer so it's having the ability to be able to do that is to to do the um the feeling part is is one key thing but also to recognize that in order to change things in your reality you're going to have to start choosing different beliefs different thoughts because they govern our emotions and our actions and there's so many of us in the same cycle taking the same actions with the same habits because we haven't gone back and said 
these are the new beliefs because we're waiting. Just start playing with this. I'm a powerful creator. I have the power with everything I do. How could I use that? And if I can start looking for the evidence that it's working, I get to lock in a new belief because we are the product of your what we believe to be true about ourselves and the world. You can't outperform your view of yourself. And that's why if you look at anybody from J.K. Rowling to Barack Obama to whoever, they've got to where they are because they've had to they've had to connect to a greater belief and an identity about what was possible for them. So when J.K. Rowling was being rejected from, what, 10, 12 publishers, there was a belief within her that she hadn't written a silly book about a wizard that nobody wanted. She'd written a masterpiece that was supposed to be out in the world. That has to come first, that inner belief, those inner thoughts, they have to come first. The universe then responds to it. And I'm so passionate about people trying that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. And I feel that so strongly. And it is, it's that trusting the visualization that you get of what you want to do. You, I don't believe that you have these dreams and it's not possible. If you have a dream to do something, it's almost like your future self kind of nudging you on your shoulder going, this is possible. It Are exists. you going to trust? It exists. Yeah. And on energetic plane, when you understand energetics, if you can see it, it exists. So it's like somebody coming up with the idea of electricity like and the light bulb you couldn't see it but it existed sending somebody to space like it existed it's on a frequency that people can tap into and then create it in the physical plane it all exists so if you see it it exists for you your job is to do the energetics piece so that you can match it so it can Mm -hmm. come to you yeah i mean i love dr joe dispenser for all of this absolutely yeah, because he really explains it and really helps you understand that the the future version of you is just, you know, it's just you trusting and really leaning into what you're being shown so you can make those incremental steps. I'd love to know, you know, before we finish here, so people can understand, like, you know, if you don't want to be running a huge business or do something enormous, like maybe you just want to move from like a banking job to setting up a bakery, or you are um, someone that would love to be able to be a musician, but you've been told that you have to be um, a lawyer or a teacher. The clients that you've worked with, what shifts have you seen that actually are like, this is real, like you can make this change, you can lean into your dreams? I mean, extraordinary shifts. I mean, as you know, I work with such a variety. I work with people who are very high profile in the public eye, CEOs, entrepreneurs, um, mums who are choosing to be home with their babies, dads who are choosing to do big transitions, they want to be home more or they want to travel with their family, like whatever it might be, there's a huge range of people. But the most important thing is I work with people so they can see themselves differently. Yeah, they can see themselves as who they truly are. We are born into a society that continuously tells us we're not enough. That we need to be more of something, more this, more that. We unwillingly and unknowingly take on beliefs and thoughts from our parents, from our ancestors, from our communities, and we think they're our own. And what the my job is is, and, and your job is, is to sit there and say, "Are these actually mine? And do I want them?" And you get to let go of anything that you don't want. And you can be anything you want, but it starts with 
And this was one of the biggest things I had to work with. You have to realize it's possible for you. And it is, you are no different. You are made up of the same energy as everybody else. Anything is possible for you. But you've got to you've got to take responsibility and, and do the work around the bits that you're carrying that don't serve you, the beliefs that you've picked up that you don't want that are holding you back, the identity piece of who you truly are and who you choose to be, that's energetics. Energetics is this is who I choose to be and then I will do, not I will be defined by doing an external validation and the pushing and the masculine. The energetics piece is who am I going to choose to be? Who am I going to choose to embody? And then from that place, it's starting to challenge yourself is this is where I got to. Honestly, when I was in the corporate world and I knew I wanted to set up my own business, I was so full of fear. My fear of regret became bigger than my fear of failure. And I pretty much lived by that. Hmm. Is I'm okay to fail. What I'm not okay to do is to get to the end of my life and have regrets because I was scared. So that was a big motivational force for me. And then I just started to, rather than what if I can't, it was like, actually I can. I just started using my language differently. What if I can? What if this works? What if? And this is the key thing, which I think is important to, to end on, is we do the internal work, we do the excavation, and we do the rechoosing, but you've got to act and show up from that place so mm-hmm. we want the feminine we want the energetics piece we want the being we want to do all of that work the intuition the guidance but what are you going to do with it mm-hmm. what are you going to do with those desires what are you going to do with the person that you choose to be and that might be just a little nudge that needed to happen for some of the listeners today is what are you going to do now how are you going to show yeah. up for yourself yeah, and that is literally dropping an email, sending a message, picking up the phone, buying a book, listening to a podcast. Like this is all within everyone's reach. Something that we won't get into now, but I know that you do a huge amount of work around um, money, the energy of money, which a lot of people might be thinking right now, well, it's saying it's all very well, but actually I have to work in this job and I have to do these things because I have to pay my mortgage um, and pay for my kids' education. Mm -hmm. And that just like brings down the shutters, doesn't it? But I know that you do a huge amount of work in this area. So when people think that money is like they're blocked to all of this, you help people open open up to a new way of thinking. Yeah, and we could, I mean, we could do a whole podcast yeah. on money, but what I will say to people is you get to do it in a way that's balanced for your nervous system. So I'm not suggesting that if it doesn't feel right, you know, you go and give up your job tomorrow and have your fingers crossed. There are ways to do it where you could, like I did, you know, I worked and had my corporate job and then I started building up my Keisha business on the side. Then I went down to less and less hours in my uh, corporate job. Then I took a sabbatical. Then I didn't go back. So there were ways that I did it. I had a lot of reasons not to do it financially. Um, but the thing about money is if you clean up your energy around it, it will support you and step in for you. And there's some brilliant books that people can read like Jen Sincero or Wallace Wattles. But what I want you to do is money can be the thing that has the biggest hold over us. Mm. But actually, I always see it like a bit like a hologram. It's what we present onto it is how it's how it's seen. So this is a really good powerful exercise to do. If you are wavering about whether you want to do something or somewhere where you're being guided, 
ask yourself, if I had five million pounds in the bank and I was getting 200,000 pounds for the rest of my life every year, what would I do? What would I choose to do? That frees you a little bit to say, oh my gosh, okay, there is a desire I want to do it. And what you get to do is say, okay, that's clearly where my desire is. If I wasn't being held back by money, this is what I would choose. What can I do incrementally each day to keep choosing that and working towards it? And then you can kind of get there with the money piece afterwards. Oh my God. Like literally I've got like goosebumps because of that. That just cuts through everything, doesn't it? Um, And then also a great book that I'm reading at the moment is The Five Regrets of the Dying. Okay. um, Which is Bonnie. Yeah, Lady was interviewed on a a podcast with, was it Dr. Chatterjee? I saw Yes. Yes, I saw That's what it, I, I listened to that. It was incredible. And Five Regrets of the Dying literally, again, you know, sort of amplifies what you were saying then of like don't want to die with regret and it just kind of goes oh my god we're here this you know this short time what can we do that's going to really fill our souls and that is what you need to kind of keep thinking what am I am I doing does it fill my soul does it give me purpose and fulfillment no okay how can we shift things a little bit and do you know what I think as well I always think about this what would I regret not saying like that's really important for me, for somebody who uses her voice so powerfully in the work she does. I do that in all areas of my life, like whether it's personally with the people I love, it's like I don't hold back, which can mean difficult conversations or it can be uh, conversations where I feel really vulnerable and I feel like I'm putting myself out there. Is is It's more important to me that I speak my truth and that people know how loved they are or how I feel than having that regret that I never did. Like that's always been really important for me. So like if there's something that you feel you want to say or there's somebody that you love that you need to tell or um, whatever it might be is, is that it's so freeing. Um, even if it does scare our like little human inner child ego, it's so freeing. So I guess this is a permission piece for anybody who wants it to go and do that. You you won't regret that. Yeah. And you really do walk the talk as well. So I just want to thank you as always for your honesty and your truth, your authenticity, your vulnerability. You're incredibly inspiring, Caroline. And I think this conversation will, I'm going to cry, (laughs) help a lot of people. (laughs) So honestly, thank you so much. I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did and it resonated with you, I would absolutely love it if you could share on your platforms or maybe leave a review and a rating wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please do check out my website, adhdwomenswellbeing.co.uk for lots of free resources and paid for workshops. I'm uploading new things all the time and I would absolutely love to see you there. Take care and see you for the next episode.